Welcome to a spoiler-free edition of the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm Beth Accomando. Star Wars The Force Awakens opens on Friday, but with early shows starting at 7 p.m. on Thursday. I got to see The Force Awakens on Tuesday morning and was bound by Disney to not reveal anything on social media or in a review until 12.01 a.m. Wednesday morning. So, it's 12.02 a.m., and now I can finally talk about the most eagerly anticipated film of the year. But have no fear, I won't spoil your experience of seeing The Force Awakens with any details that haven't already been available in trailers. I was so obsessive about not knowing too much about the film that I simply stopped looking for any information. I watched the teaser trailer at Star Wars Celebration in April, and then avoided anything else on the film. So I ran out of theaters if the trailer came on, and covered my ears and hummed if anyone started speculating on where Luke might be, or whether or not John Boyega was really a stormtrooper. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I respect people's desires to not have their first experience of the film ruined by knowing something they didn't want to. So let me say this. Star Wars fans can breathe a collective sigh of relief. J.J. Abrams did not go to the creative dark side and pull a Jar Jar Binks. There's nothing embarrassing or cringeworthy in The Force Awakens. That's a big deal to longtime fans who felt severely burned by the prequels. We had looked forward to George Lucas returning to his space saga to reveal how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. We bought the toys, coveted the promo swag, and lined up for The Phantom Menace. But then our jaws dropped. Some of us searched for crumbs to savor as we tried to ignore how disappointed we were. Others railed against Lucas and accused him of ruining the franchise. It was the dark times. Those feelings are summed up perfectly by Simon Pegg in the BBC series Spaced. You are so blind. You so do not understand. You weren't there at the beginning. You don't know how good it was, how important. This is it for you, this jumped-up firework display of a toy advert. People like you make me sick. What's wrong with you? Now, I don't care if you've saved up only 50 peas, okay? Take your pocket money and get out! <laughs> Tim, can I have a word with you in my office? The Phantom Menace was 18 months ago, Tim. I know, Bilbo. Okay, just, it still hurts. You know, that kid wanted a Jar Jar doll. Kids like Jar Jar. Why? What about the Ewoks? Hey, they were rubbish. You don't complain about them. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. And it still hurts. Then along comes J.J. Abrams and the plans for The Force Awakens, also known as Episode 7, the follow-up to Return of the Jedi. Our fanboy and fangirl hopes rose yet again, but lurking and stumbling about in the back of our minds was Jar Jar Binks whispering, don't forget about Misa. We were afraid, but guardedly hopeful. Nothing Abrams could do could possibly be worse than the prequels right? So we waited and waited and waited. Some details, like the fact that he was returning to the world of practical effects to create some of the creatures and props, gave us genuine hope that Abrams knew what he was doing. Then in April of this year, we had Star Wars Celebration and the release of the first teaser trailer for the film. strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. 
my sister has it. You have that power too. Disney and Lucasfilm had done a remarkable job of keeping things under wraps and only letting the most meager details out. But as the teaser played to a packed 5,000-plus arena in Anaheim, fans went crazy. People cried, waved their lightsabers, and screamed till they were hoarse. Now the finished product arrives, and the trailer didn't mislead us. Abrams may not have taken a lot of risks, perhaps that's for a later film, but with A Force Awakens, he's fashioned a perfect sequel that knows exactly where it stands in a galactic-sized franchise. It's not supposed to break new ground or shake things up. It's supposed to deliver something that fits into an existing universe and makes us happy to return. When Han says to Chewie in the teaser, we're home, that's how fans felt. After being adrift in a trilogy of prequels that felt like an alien universe, we had finally arrived home like our heroes, and it felt good. Abrams does an amazing balancing act of delivering enough nostalgia to please fans of the original, with plenty of fresh blood to hook a new generation on the Star Wars saga. In many ways, The Force Awakens and Creed both show how a new generation of filmmakers can build on a well-established franchise in a highly successful and effective manner. Both Abrams and Creed's Ryan Coogler understand that these aging franchises need a young new cast, but they also need to show an appreciation for all that came before. You can't ignore the history or the crowd-pleasing formula of what came before. What's surprising in the case of The Force Awakens is that Abrams also endows the film with a surprising emotional resonance that even had me welling up with tears a couple of times. That comes from respecting the core characters and their shared past, shared with each other and with the audience. Seeing Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford return to the roles of Leia and Han remind us older fans that we've grown up with these characters and feel a deep attachment to them. Time has passed for real for Han, Leia, Carrie, Harrison, and us. This isn't something created through makeup effects, and there's something about this genuine feeling that gives an added richness to the film. I'm not going to say anything about the plot, except that when the title card saying a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away came up in silence, and then the John Williams Star Wars theme cut in and the yellow text began to crawl across the screen, I got emotional. Wisely, Lucasfilm went with top-notch writers for the script. Lawrence Kasdan was a writer on The Empire Strikes Back, which is still hands down the best Star Wars film in my book. And Michael Arndt wrote Little Miss Sunshine. They, along with Abrams, deliver a script that keeps the story moving forward at a fast clip, but with characters that we're either being introduced to for the first time or being reintroduced to after a long hiatus. Casting proves key as well here. The prequel suffered from some truly atrocious casting. Hayden Christensen, Jake Lloyd, and then some of the actors who just seemed lost in effects like Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor. In The Force Awakens, we get all the original cast back. Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and then new actors who have proven themselves in strong independent films. Oscar Isaac as rebel fighter pilot Poe Dameron and Adam Driver as the dark Kylo Ren both come from working with the Coen brothers. John Boyega plays Finn, and he comes off the indie fave Attack the Block. 
There are no wincing moments with this cast as we had with the prequels. These actors sweep us up into the action and win us over. I also want to give kudos to the tech crew that have brought the Star Wars universe to life again. The action scenes are breathtaking in their speed and the amount of activity going on. The creatures, aliens, and droids are wonderful, too. The cool thing about BB-8 is that Lucasfilm called on the fan group R2-D2 Builders Club and its members Lee Towersy and Oliver Steeples to help build it. That's Lucasfilm and its president Kathleen Kennedy showing how much they value the fans. But I have to say that the press screening was a little disappointing, and I'm happy that I'll be seeing the film again at the El Capitan in Hollywood and at Sinopolis in San Diego. The screening on Tuesday morning was in one of the smaller houses at Edward Mesa Cinemas, and the sound seemed low. One of the things I loved at Star Wars Celebration was how when the X-Wing fighters flew over the water, the sound of the engines made the entire arena rumble so the sound vibrated from your feet up through your body. There was no such feeling like that at the screening. And the critics and media in attendance were the quietest audience I've ever been with. I'm looking forward to seeing it with fans like the ones at Star Wars Celebration, who'll react to every Easter egg, every reveal, and every action sequence with squeals, hoots, and hollers. A film like this needs to be a community experience, so I'm looking forward to the crowd at El Capitan on Friday. Also, I did see the film in 2D at the press screening, which actually was fine, since I find 3D only rarely enhances the experience. But if you do want to see the film in 3D, I highly recommend the extremely bright screens at Sinopolis as the best for watching 3D projection. Star Wars The Force Awakens is one of the most hyped films of all times, and that's a huge burden. The fact that Abrams' film doesn't disappoint is no small feat, proving that the Force is strong with this one. Thanks for listening to another edition of the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. Be listening on Saturday for a special Star Wars The Force Awakens edition. I'm going to be driving up to L.A. on Friday with a group of fans, so I'll be talking to them about all their hopes and expectations on the way up, and then about whether or not the film met those expectations on the trip back down home. So be listening for the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast on Saturday. And remember to subscribe to the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast on iTunes. So till our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.